Welcome to the Subtle Storm. Hello, everybody. So today I wanted to talk about um, vulnerability and emotions. I have been dealing a lot with this concept lately, and I think that, you know, the more that I personally experience these things, the more that I realize how prevalent it is within people that I interact with, within society. And, you know, a lot of times you don't realize things until you experience them. And there's nothing wrong with that. But bringing that to light is kind of, it's kind of important, especially within this concept, because I think that we are born kind of, um, like, meaning to express ourselves, meaning to to connect. We are very, very social beings. If you look at studies, like, I watched a study um, recently, and it was about monkeys. So, so monkeys, um, they were maybe baby monkeys separated at birth from their parents. Um, they weren't given any attention from any mother or father figure. Um, they were in cages their whole life. And, you know, they were, they were able to, to see other monkeys, but they weren't able to touch them or interact with them. And at some point, these scientists put them in a cage um, with two, like, decoys. One was um, a, a figure out of chicken wire with, with milk. It didn't look like a monkey. It was just chicken wire with milk. But it had a similar figure to a monkey. And the other monkey decoy that was in there looked a little bit more like a monkey was very soft didn't have any nurturing um sustenance but was a body and the monkey wanted to go to the to the fake one it didn't want anything to do with actual milk even though it was hungry it just wanted to be touched um and i think that that touch is also important because that does play a role in a vulnerability um in those ty- types of emotions in that way um but this also shows that we are just we're meant to connect um there was also another study done um with with babies unfortunately i think it was like the 1940s um and in this study they took about 40 babies separated the birth again um and they incubated them not incubated them but they kept them alone um by themselves in isolation and the only time that they were ever given any type of attention is for very necessary things like changing diapers you know to feed them but the nurses that did this didn't give them any type of emotion or eye contact really or um anything that would that would make them feel anything um and all of the babies died all of them which is really really sad to think about um but it just show it even um there were a couple that that survived and the ones that did survive um they went into homes and then they eventually died after that which you know again it's really sad but it really does play a role in showing us how necessary it is to have that interaction and how um, we're meant to kind of be around people. And this just, you know, this shows us that we are social beings and that we're really meant to genuinely connect with people. And also when you think about it, you know, when we are young, um, and, you know, and we're in a healthy, happy home, and I maybe not even happy, but we're in a home in general, we're interacting. Our, our nature is to simply be like, we have no concept of, societal conditioning yet obviously we have no concept of lowering our lowering ourselves or we just are fully ourselves we don't hide any expressions you know we flow into whatever feel we feel 
Um, we don't really think twice about it. You know, if you like Legos, you're going to play with Legos or desire to have Legos. Or if you want to dance around like a crazy monkey as a child, you're going to do that. You don't really think twice about it. That's just your immediate nature. And I think that that shows us that, you know, we come to the world ready to, to be our most authentic version of ourselves. And that most authentic version of ourselves is really an extension of the universe. And each and every one of us is unique in that way. And we're, we're different unique expressions of the universe. We're, and we're meant to express ourselves fully and to become ourselves and to just to exist. And to cohabitate and to be social and to interact with other being, beings and to understand ourselves through these other people. But what happens over time is... You know, we have these these interactions within childhood. Like, for example, it, what I was just saying, if you want to dance around like a crazy monkey, at a certain point in your inner childhood when, when you're more aware of these things, like when you're actually able to internalize them um, or to be aware or maybe even, you know, subconsciously be aware of them, you know, obviously when you're like a baby, um, you have no really concept of, of anything that's going on. But once you start to develop those understandings of what's happening around you, these things are more um, able to be implemented in the back of your brain and then come back later in life. So, you know, if you're dancing around like a crazy monkey, maybe at like age five, four or five, and, you know, let's say one of your parents tells you that that is not okay or maybe shames you for it, maybe shows like a lack of love because that you're doing that action, your automatic brain associates that with, okay, this is not something I can do. Um, and this, this is something that makes them disappointed in me or something that I should feel shame for that is wrong. And, and I've talked about it before, um, within like societal conditionings, um, when, you know, you're societalized, I would want to say, um, and your condition, like for example, um, I, I think I used this as example before, but, you know, if you're acting out in a store and um, your parent tells you that you can't do that because you're going to disturb the people around you, you start to believe that you're not allowed to express yourself socially um, and that that restriction comes into play. And it's really the same concept, but just different ways. Um, you know, ones in the home life where you feel that shame from your parents and it feels a little bit more, you know, innate, but then you have that, your parents saying the same thing, but then you associate it within certain societal, um, you know, social situations and that comes on later in life. And, and this really conditions us over time to, to want to hide aspects of ourselves that have been told to be wrong or, you know, um, and especially like in my certain situation, um, my mom was very unpredictable. Um, and that made me feel unsafe, very unsafe. And whenever I would feel those emotions now or, or later in life, um, I would start to realize that I was, you know, in certain, certain situations, I would realize that I was hiding myself because, um, you know, that the only way for me in my childhood to kind of feel safe was to shut off my emotions and to shut off my certain feelings towards things so that I would have a better understanding or, or she would be less unpredictable, that I could kind of manipulate the situation in a way so that I was protected and I knew what was going to happen or that I wasn't able to get hurt 
or so that I could alter myself enough so that I would not feel like I was going to get hurt or that I was hurt by the situation because I was dulling an aspect of me down or, or just hiding how I was feeling so I couldn't see it in that way enough to, to actually know what was going on to be really hurt by it. And this is really common in households now or, you know, past couple generations and probably even now I'm not sure exactly we're gonna see in you know the next couple years of course um but especially in in maybe traditional households I know that um my Middle Eastern aspect of my family is very very prominent on um you know the people becoming doctors um more particularly um the younger generations of my family becoming doctors. Um, and if they aren't, or if they're not making a lot of money, or they're not going to school, there's a little bit of shame that comes in there, and it's like a disappointment that is very prevalent. And this is very common in traditional households to have this type of expectation career-wise, because, you know, generationally, maybe their um, line was very poor, their ancestral line was very poor, and they then some somebody broke that lineage, and, and brought it down to, you know, they're making a lot of money or they really built up a lot, a lot of success. So now it's very, very prominent that everybody has to continue that. Um, and that gets passed down and that creates for certain people a, a very, very large aspect of shame. And, you know, sometimes you don't believe in that and it can feel very restrictive of who you are. Um, and then, you know, you're not able to, to come to fruition on how you're feeling about certain situations or to become yourself and really what you want to do. And especially if you actually follow that and you, you become, let's say like you become a doctor and you actually want to be like a creative director, you know, what is that? That's hiding an entire aspect of yourself. And even, you know, it's not even just these kind of like larger aspects, even when, you know, bring, I'll bring it to a further example, maybe down the line. Um, if you are, um, meeting somebody for the first time and it's really, really difficult for you to tell them anything about you, anything about you, because you may feel like maybe in your childhood you experienced somebody, you know, belittling you or, um, creating a, a dynamic of fear. And, you know, now, now you walk into situations with people who, or maybe are open to that vulnerability, but it feels very wrong because there's that level of fear there. So you don't feel like you're allowed to do that. And, you know, it's, it's important to understand that this vulnerability is okay to experience. It really is. You know, a lot of people experience this type of vulnerability um, and scarcity when it comes to it and, and just fear in general. Um, and, you know, we a lot of the times we meet people who are in the same situation as us, so it can be even more difficult, especially if they aren't aware of their own um, troubles with this concept. And, again, it's really important to understand that, you know, we are in our nature um, open, and we are in our nature just expressive and to our fullest extent, whatever that means in this human um, aspect of ourselves, you know, I think it's I think it's really important to express ourselves fully and to be who we are. But it's it is so much easier said than done. Um I'll give you an example of my experience. Recently, um I noticed I was in a therapy session. Um and I talk about therapy a lot because it is very it's very eye-opening and again, I, I recommend it to everybody. Even if you feel like you are in a really amazing place in your life, there's always room to, to for, for therapy. 
you know, you'll, you'll find things out about yourself. You will have an outlet to just talk and to, to notice. You know, it's easier to, to have somebody that's specified for this kind of job in a way. And then you can just simply show up and talk. And then you're more aware of what you're saying and then you just notice things. I, I just think it's very, very healthy in any aspect of your life that you're in. You know, you never know what could happen. You never know when you actually might need it to an excessive amount, I guess. Um, but I digress with that topic. But I was in a therapy session and we were talking about something very, very, very um, deep to me. Um, and that struck a nerve. And I noticed, not even a nerve, but just, you know, that felt a little intense to me. Um, and I started crying, but I noticed, um, within myself that it was very, very hard to actually cry. Um, and it, my, I didn't have any, my, cause my therapist had asked me, um, when this was, when it was happening, um, if I, what I felt towards her, what I felt of her, um, to give you context, I, in this moment was not even concerned with her. I had no actual thoughts about how she was perceiving me. The only thoughts that I was having was, why can't I cry? Why can't I let it out? Um, and that is, you know, me restricting myself from being completely vulnerable. And that, again, comes into that unpredictability that, that I experienced during my childhood. Um, and, and a lot of times I do make this clear with people. And I think that's a really important thing, especially when you're, you know, trying to work on your vulnerability and just being open with people is to be open first and foremost about your difficulty with this situation um, and your desire to become more vulnerable and to meet somebody in a different way and hopefully they understand it and it helps you get to that point. But I noticed myself being very restrictive and, and I almost couldn't even let myself cry. It was like I wanted to so bad, but it felt uncontrollable, the restriction that I felt. Um, and it was very, very interesting to observe, in all honesty. Um, I think that a lot of the time, sometimes we're not even realizing how much we've restricted ourselves over the years based off of our conditioning societally, parentally, even in friendships or relationships especially. If you don't feel like um, you are able to to show up for somebody or, or to you know, be your fullest, fullest extent of yourself in a relationship, that really is very prevalent. But in my opinion, I think that a lot of, I think everything really does come down to those first initial relationships in your life, especially with parents. Um, and that really carries on with you throughout life. And anything that you really experience within a relationship is, is in a way a reflection of the trauma that you realize or that you experience in childhood, but just arising in a different way and making you aware through a different experience. Um, but a lot of them, they do stem very, very early in life. Um, and I think that's an important thing to look at when, when we're talking about, you know, these, these types of experiences, like um, having difficulties with vulnerability and these feelings of shame and guilt or any of these things, they all really do stem from childhood, even though you might want to immediately say, okay, well, you know, my first boyfriend um, didn't love me or didn't tell me that he loved me, you know, um, he didn't give me validation or reassurance. Then you kind of have to look at that and be like, okay, but why does that affect me? Obviously, you know, you, you expect to have that love in a relationship, but one, why did you pick a partner that wasn't able to do that for you? What was restricting you from seeing that initially 
And where did that come from? Most likely it's going to come from childhood. And why does it bother you that somebody doesn't give you reassurance, that somebody doesn't um, admire you or be vocal about your admiration and maybe you didn't receive that as a child and now that's a really, really crucial need for you. And those needs play a big role in vulnerability. You know, if you need something, you know, I think it's important to recognize that and ask for it and to just communicate it and to know that you yourself need that and to not give shame onto that need. But again, it's hard because a lot of the times in our youth, that that need is not recognized and, and it's built up a wall in a way around around of shame. You know, a lot of our needs aren't met when we're children and that can make it really difficult to see what we actually need in the, in the future. Um, and I think this, again, a lot of these things are really important, I think, to realize just because it's, it's just the way that we live our lives on a consistent basis and these things, you know, we meet each other the way that we're, we meet each, we, we meet ourselves. And if we're restricting things within ourselves, then the people that we meet are going to be restrictive. And that's going to perpetuate this entire like cycle in a way of, you know, not allowing ourselves to be vulnerable, not feeling comfortable with other people because they're not being vulnerable. So I think it's, you know, it's a really good thing to work on and just to be observed, to just to observe within ourselves. Um, and how we can do this is, is to just, you know, like I've said before, that the awareness um, is the most important thing. I think awareness and self-love are very important. And just, I think awareness overall kind of trumps everything. If you're allowed to, if you allow yourself to be aware of how you're feeling or why you're feeling it, um, then you're allowed to, then you give yourself that kind of allowance of love and compassion into that situation. And then with that love and compassion and that awareness, you're able to really dissect things and to understand and just to bring more compassion into it and from there you're able to actually work on it and by working on it is really just to have that awareness again of that of that situation while bringing love to it having the awareness of it and maybe doing things like for this um, I would say observe yourself you know if you watch yourself becoming um, restrictive in certain things or not open ask yourself okay well why why do I feel like I have to be closed with this? Why do I not feel safe in this situation to, um, you know, to not feel open? And then maybe those things in childhood will come up. Maybe you don't know. And in either sense, um, I think that you're able to to say, okay, well, how can I be more open in this situation? What can I do for myself? And then really try to act it out or, you know, just to, just to play into that and be force yourself to be like, okay, I'm going to be open and be vulnerable because at the end of the day, the only person that's actually going to benefit from that is, is you. Um, and the only person that would not benefit from it is really nobody. Somebody may not, um, enjoy your vulnerability, but then that's when you know that you're sacred and, and you're honored and you should be honored for the emotions that you experience because you're source energy and everybody has this vulnerability within themselves and if they're upset with you for being vulnerable then they may actually not care about you very much um and that may be a harsh reality to to just throw at your face like that but you know if somebody can't respect your feelings or your your wants your needs or anything then they may not actually care <laughs> um or just or just love you the way that you want you deserve to be loved really is the point um, and if somebody does care about you and does love you, they're going to listen to you and to your fruition. And a lot of the times when we do feel scared to be vulnerable, 
it's not actually the person that we're interacting with. It's just the feeling within ourselves that we may be hindered or we're not looking at or that we're not allowing to be. And I really hope that this maybe opens some eyes to certain things and that you allow yourself to be more vulnerable in situations and to be more emotional and to express yourself. And again, and and I, I say it every time, you know, this is simply my understanding of this. You do not have to listen to anything that I say. And this is not the end-all be-all to this situation. There's so much more that goes into really everything in life. And it's kind of, in a way, maybe impossible to fully express everything that we experience as humans. We have such a vast variety of experiences and, you know, nothing is absolute. And take this with a grain of salt. And I hope that you benefit in some way, shape, or form. And I honor you. Let's read a quick little passage from Be Here Now by Ram Dass. All right. <clears throat> the other face is the one you're trying to see. If she is the entire illusion, she is also that which is beyond illusion. And so, finally, when you have gone beyond her and become free of her, and you go to the beyond the beyond, and you finally cross the great ocean of existence, gate, gate, pair, gate, paramsam gate, bodhisawa, <laughs> and you stand on the other side, and you're completely free, who's there? The Divine Mother welcoming you. That's the bodhisattva part of it. You have gone and you have gotten the liberation. And then you are right here chopping wood and carrying water. Hmm. What an interesting passage to end today. I'm not going to try and um, dissect this one. I think that this is something that we should all look at ourselves and to, to see what it means to us in that way. So, I, again, I honor you and I hope that you have a blessed day. Namaste.